Welcome to Downtime with John and Emily, the how-to podcast by siblings who don't know anything. I'm your co-host, John Downey. And I'm Emily Downey. John, these Instagram ads are completely out of control. <laughs> okay, yep. And and also, also, I feel like they... I, I always want to know who the algorithm thinks I am. Yeah. Because I get... Odd ads. And most of them are for very cozy pajamas. And that that tracks. You know, that's for me. Or that like makes sense. Ways, I do want those. Yeah. Or ways to, they're like going back to the office soon. Here's ways to, to wear yoga pants to work. And they look like real pants. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay. Also necessary. But right. sometimes they get some. Ways, I, I need ways to sneak comfort into my real life that I'm being forced back into. Exactly. Which I'm not prepared to do and don't want no. to do ever. So, um, I got an ad recently. Okay. That was for a specialized trap to keep flies off of your horse. <laughs> and that led me down a pretty steep, like, what? Yeah. Ha- why like does instagram know i used to be a horse girl like is that where this is coming from i don't know what about my feed says like horse girl specifically but i felt really read by that ad specifically because there are are a there's clearly something in the algorithm that they use that is just like taking shots in the dark like kind of shots in the dark that they're like pretty confident about and they just want to like let's see if this works they just want to like rule it out like you're not a horse girl are you like is that the missing part of this equation because we have a feeling that you might be a horse girl so let's just give this a shot yeah just like throw it out there and be like are you no not okay so everything from wish was has been rejected and the horse thing has been rejected so so who are you? And the and the sturdy shoes. Like they gave me the strongy shoes like once and yeah. then never again. Taylor bought those shoes. So like <laughs> clearly it was working around people who were near me, but not specifically on me. Now I'm like on waterproof shoes. They're like, you want shoes that resist water now. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I did fall for one Instagram ad once in my life. And they I just bought think the... that you're extremely sporty. They just think yeah. you're just a generalist sporty sport wise. I'm such a sport, man. <laughs> like I might as well be a friend of of Gatsby because I'm such a fucking sport. But God. damn it. <laughs> I could have said that more eloquently for comedy's sake, but I guess that's just where we're at. Yeah, fuck it. But yeah, the Instagram algorithm, I don't understand it and it doesn't understand me. And I guess we're just not compatible. But go ahead thinking I have a horse. That would be like total dream come true i do love horses i i have been having issues with the the targeted ads on twitter because based on my recent activity i i have been leaning hard into the twitter to to the just general social media activity geared towards like ttrpg people because i'm i want i just want to make more friends in the ttrpg space we've played ttrpgs a lot and i want to spend more time playing them and i want to create more ttrpg content and i love the content that we already make and it excites me so i like want to meet more of those people and so i've been trying actively to get onto ttrpg twitter and it's working which is great but the downside of that 
is that I get a lot, a lot, a lot of mobile JRPG ads. JRPG What's... is Japanese role-playing game. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and it's a lot of just like nude children in my timeline. Like, what? not, not l- real nude children, but like anime people who you know that there is a game that's like, oh no, this is actually a creature that's like a thousand years old. Don't worry about the fact that it looks like a five-year-old who is mostly naked. It's, oh it's all good. Don't worry about that part. But here's, here's, here's this ad, please play our game. And I'm, I'm no JRPGs. No, I don't want to play that. I don't want to see that. I, I, I don't, and I don't want to play it, and I'm not I'm not interested. Thank Deeply you. upsetting. It's extremely upsetting. Oh my god, <laughs> that's that, that is that is a true thing. I I have a friend who is really into this one specific franchise of of like JRPGs, and I got one ad for I think it's called Disgaea. It is Disgaea. I'm just remembering. And I got an ad for like the mobile game version of Disgaea and I sent them a screenshot of the ad that I had received. And he was like, oh yeah, that's that's so-and-so. Yeah, they're like several thousand year old creature. And I was like, you know, man. They uh, look like a child though. Really what it is is a, a nude child uh, on my Twitter and I don't I don't want it. I desperately, desperately don't want oh, it. It God. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and, what the fuck? I don't, I don't know. It is fun to change your ad preferences to turning off tracking because then they just throw spaghetti at the walls at you. They're just like, <laughs> we don't know who the fuck you are. So you random bot person. So yeah. like, do you like those snack boxes where it's like snacks from all over the world? Like, oh, yeah. Look how many different types of Kit Kats there are in Japan. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Great. I don't want to try a sake flavored $30 a month or whatever. And you're like, yeah. Probably not worth it. They're like, getting you miss traveling in the pandemic? Here's snacks from other countries. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, doesn't really fill the itch. But. You get ads for Japanese snack boxes and also, like, accessories for your Ford F-150. It's like, yeah. what, Instagram, what, who do you think I am? This is amazing. Oh, I, that's true. I get. They know me well enough to not give me any car stuff at all. Yeah. They're like, cars, mm, not into that. Not into that at all. The the targeting, not ads specifically, because I feel like everyone gets the same ads on TikTok, but the 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 uh, the algorithm has clearly pegged the at Downey siblings account as which I think only I have access to. I don't think you have asked me for the yeah. login for that. Yeah. Um, so it's just me. That's just the the account that I use. I think they have very much pegged that account as being a teacher who is also a lesbian like a, a a like youth teacher that is a lesbian which is honestly it so it's just it's, miss frizzle. It's we're giving off for miss the content that i specifically want to see on tiktok so it's i'm fine with it it's it's just it's just very interesting to to get those little peeks into it i get a lot of uh, a lot of people who start their tiktok by looking into the camera and say you know what, girl? You know what you deserve? <laughs> like, what do I deserve? Let me tell me. Tell me, me what I deserve. Ooh. You deserve oh a day God. off. You deserve to to tell yourself how good you look in that mirror. And I'm like, you're damn right. I, I do deserve that. Uh, we recently, Taylor and I had a conversation because, you know, I was like, I don't know, whatever. 
Um, talking about those treat yourself images that you see on Instagram or videos on TikTok and realizing that those aren't for everyone. Like, just because you see something that's like, treat yourself, you know, you deserve it. You know, you make sure you think about you today instead of everyone else. And there's definitely like days that I need that message. But there's also days that I definitely, those are not the message for (laughs) me. Days where I need the, like, hey, you should... You should really you should reach out an- to like a family member. Think about today. another person today, <laughs> or like maybe you should do something kind for someone else today. Because I, I'm pretty kind of like I stress myself out a lot with the things I have to do. But there are definitely days where I'm I'm a little too kind to myself, and I'm like, no, you deserve to skip all the meetings you promised to attend and lie down on the couch and get stoned and watch Thirty Rock. You know, it's like no, you don't deserve to do that. Like, no, you definitely need to like i i just feel very strongly that there are several people in my life myself included Mm -hmm. where most of the time that message is not for you and you need to keep on scrolling (laughs) (laughs) or get off your phone and do something nice for another person like look maybe pin it like maybe maybe save it later because maybe you're self-aware enough to say hey this is something that i need some days but today not today not the day that i need this you know like just pin it just save it for later i feel like plenty of us do overwork ourselves and i am definitely one of those people that overworks myself but not not in every day and not in every situation (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah there are definitely i love those those things that are like you should treat yourself and i'm like already kicked back like i'm already on my phone which is kind of treating myself you know to scroll endlessly through my phone yeah and and then to be like girl relax and i'm like oh yeah i should relax (laughs) wow you know what that sounds that sounds great you're so right bundle up i I do work too hard like ooh. the topic for this week i am very excited about i've been trying to get back to this for literal years Literally years. Literally years. I've relented. I've relented. (laughs) Finally. Emily and I, back in, God, like 2015. I'd say 2015, yeah. I think. I can actually date this back. Yeah. Uh, Inside Out, the movie came out in 2015, and that was the most recent movie at the time. Um, Back in 2015, Emily and I saw an article. I think it was like a stupid BuzzFeed article or something. That was, quote, a definitive ranking of all of the Disney Pixar films to date, uh, which at the time started at Toy Story 1 and ended with Inside Out. We looked through it and it was bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Absolute garbage. They got everything wrong. We were so frustrated and we were like, what do we do? We got to do it ourselves. So we sat down and we created a grid we created a 70 point system. There were seven columns with different categories that we all would, that we would rank all of on a scale of one to 10 and for a maximum potential point value of 70. And then we would just take that point total and rank them. Uh, We got through, I threw my phone away. 
we got through, I think Finding Nemo was the last one we did before we fell off. We watched Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo. We watched five films. Yes, I remember because the next one we were going to watch was The Incredibles. And I wanted to get there so bad because I love that movie so deeply. The Incredibles is so good. And we never got there. But I want to do this again. I've been pushing to get back on this and to complete our work, to complete God's work, as it were. <laughs> the work that that needs be done. Yeah. And and get back to this. But I figured we could take today, we could take this week's episode and really solidify what our criteria is. So this episode I love is... that because the 70 point system doesn't seem now that I've lived mm-hmm. and and laughed and loved, of course. Um <laughs> Uh, I really feel that we should re-examine our parameters. Yeah. And especially since, you know, things have happened since since we did this. And also because 70 points is difficult. Ten categories, all or sorry, seven categories all ranked zero through ten are is all, very difficult. The part that, that's kind of messing me up about the way we did that was that it's seven categories all of which have a potential 10 points, which depending on the categories might not be fair. Like not well, also, maybe not those... all those categories should be weighted the same, you know? Yeah. And also what are those points for, right? Like what is the difference between an eight and a nine, right? Like yeah. to a certain point, to a certain extent, I'd rather have a one through five system where w- huh. five is excellent. Three is middle of the road. Zero is fucking sucked ass and one is like it mostly sucked ass but i don't want to give you zero had something um, redeeming about it yeah yeah and then so you think you know, 10 points is like too much you I think, think there's too much room too much for... because i think there's too much room for us to be like ah, give it an eight versus a seven you know right. what i mean like what's the difference between a seven and an eight really you yeah. know what i mean whereas in a five point system i feel like it's like it was perfect it was nearly perfect it was middle of the road it was not so great it had one redeeming quality. It had zero redeeming qualities. Do you, you know, find like, I that feel a like five that's like point very... system is almost too, is weirdly restrictive in a way that will find you giving a lot of things fours instead of fives just because you're worried about crossing that line to Perfectville? Um, I think, I guess that's true that nothing can be truly perfect, right? So mm-hmm. saying that, like, for me, it was excellent. Or for us, it was excellent. Yeah. As opposed to perfect might be better because I think like the thing that always drives me here into this conversation is the pain scale. Yeah. Where people say they couldn't be at a 10 because they could imagine something worse on in terms of their pain. Right. Right. So yeah. if you're at a 10, you say, well, I bet having my femur snapped would hurt worse. <laughs> so I must be at a nine. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. But really yeah, you're at a 10. Yes. So, because people tend to do that, like, we tend to do that. I think it's cultural, too, like, um, just, like, culturally as, you know, Americans and the way we think is that, you know, well, someone, it could be worse. You know yeah. what I mean? And and you don't value your own. It could be worse. So when you think about in terms of what a five would be, oh, it could, I can imagine it being even better, you know? Mm-hmm. But in reality, was it the best it could be? in that moment or was it executed extremely well despite other drawbacks 
So maybe like... maybe we just avoid the word perfect because yeah, I don't think perfect exists. And I agree with you there. So maybe we just we just do we we consider a five point system as opposed to a ten point system and just try not to be shy about handing out fives in categories because that's the thing is we're we're not rating the films on a scale of one to five we're rating just a specific category and i think that's easier to say something is like an aspect of a film was perfect you know yeah or (laughs) at least extremely good it doesn't have to be perfect perfect and i also am banning point fives blanket okay ban interesting i did want to ask fives. if you wanted to allow no those. i want i want it to be as simple and digestible as possible yeah and i feel like that needs to needs to be achieved through decisiveness okay so i'm for yeah, that why, why don't you hit why don't you hit us with some of those categories yes. that we that we did I can do that because I feel so, like I would want to add or subtract. I do. Re- I do remember these. Some of these getting like a little should, bit like, muddled. Bear these in mind for the context of the of the movies, not not the time context in which they were made, but more the yeah, context so- of their purpose, which is to be films for children that um, have broader and more. Um, uh, what's it called? Relatable themes. Yeah. So, but primarily being films for children. <laughs> yeah. Our our scale our our different categories at the time were as follows. If I can read my own damn handwriting. Plot, visual, okay. soundtrack, feels, ha-has. Okay. R- r- for for feels, don't judge us. It was 2015. It was the time for feels. Uh, feels, I still feel ha-has. strongly about feels, but maybe we want to call it something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels, haha's script and and acting. Like, what's the difference between plot and script? Like, clever writing See, I, versus yeah. the way the plot went. Let's. See, how many things differed that much? Wait, what was the but th- between plot and script? Yeah. Toy Story. We gave plot a six and. Script a seven. This is what I'm telling you. You Bugs need a one life, through five. Bugs Life, we gave plot a seven, but script a five. I would give... Toy Story I, you know 2. What? I think the Toy themes. Story 2, we gave plot a five and script a two. Wow. So it's, it seemed like we thought they were very different categories. Like, at least fairly different categories. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think know I understand what the that. I was. think I would rather, instead of talk about plot... Yeah. I'd rather think about theme so like how good is the the how good are the themes and motifs they're like playing on in the movie like what's the overall message maybe message would be better like what's like, the message like moral of the story yeah <laughs> okay because they are children's movies so they do have a so, moral i agree with you there i feel like it is it that's an important like that's an important evaluation, just sort of like synthesizing a film and like what it's what it's going for. I'm not sure that I would weight that the same as other five point categories. Okay. Do you know what I so, mean? So, yeah, because like what's our other definitively five point? I'd say visual is still there because Pixar is visual entirely. It's like bread and butter and what it was made on and founded on was that they had astounding visuals. 
And I remember not taking off too many points for the early ones for having crappier visuals either. Like, Toy Story had garbage visuals. Well, yeah, for for our time, obviously. like That dog was made of It's never going to be good. Like, <laughs> Literally all of the children at Andy's birthday party looked like Andy. I am they were very all the scary. same child. I'm very scared. I'm very scared of rewatching Toy Story again. It was rough because was we also we established it. when we sat down to watch it, we were like, we have to come at this trying to eliminate nostalgia, which is the hardest part about talking to anyone about this project that we had started. Mm-hmm. Like trying to tell people that a bug's life was bad objectively was hard. We but the ga- message out of, of a bug's out life of is very 70, good. Out of 70, we gave A Bug's Life 37. Wow. We were harsh. We were harsh because we were trying to be. We were trying to be like... we were Critical. And I think maybe too much. Maybe we reel back a little bit and try and maybe not eliminate all nostalgia, but try and put put on our our acting caps and try and like put ourselves in the seat of a a child who's watching this for the first time. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe we were a little too harsh at the time, but at the same time, it's like compared to these other films, like Finding Nemo rightfully scored very, very highly. I remember like that is probably one of my favorite films of all time. It's an extreme. It's a masterpiece, like truly a masterpiece. And I remember thinking critically about all of these things watching Finding Nemo again and thinking this is a masterpiece. This yeah. is truly they did like, a really good this is one job. for the ages. It's so I, I don't I don't feel that bad about ranking those other films that that low, but maybe we let up a little bit. Yeah. But I think the I think the the shortened scale will help with that. I think so as well. I think it'll keep us from like doing the really nitpicky stuff and like splitting the difference. How do you feel about the plot point? Because I feel like plot is super important. Like, just sequence of events, mm-hmm. um, how you feel, like, the pacing goes. You know, that all goes into plot. Yeah. Right? I, like, well, so I think we can kind of create... The tension throughout, you know? Maybe we sort of conglomerate plot and script just all of... Uh, just into general, like, writing, I guess. Mm-hmm. A writing category that is worth a full-weighted five. Mm-hmm. Whereas... I would like to keep it simple and keep the weighting system uniform, honestly. Yes. As long as Yeah, I don't want to like... have some categories be, like, on three or seven no, or whatever. No, yeah, no. I want it all to be five. Absolutely. So, I think having a general sort of writing category. I think we mm-hmm. can have that. Visuals, I think that's like a pillar of a Disney Pixar film that needs yeah. to be addressed and considered. Yeah. Soundtrack? Soundtrack definitely. I feel very strongly yes? about the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm all for that because I think I think some of the film scoring in Disney it, some Disney Pixar films is like I think Michael Giacchino is one it probably one of the biggest unsung heroes of film scoring. Well, also, in I think that he's Pixar pretty well sung, Disney... but he's just the fact that he's not a household name baffles well, me. But anyway. Well, also in that Pixar is Disney, and this might not be true for the eight or so films I haven't even seen, but that they are using almost exclusively um, things that are not written for the movies. What do you mean? Like, they're you. Well, I guess they do use stuff that's written for the movie, but it's not. It's not like a character singing, you know, that. But I guess you're right that it is sure. written for the... Because Randy Newman wrote 
you got a friend of me for from the, from the Toy get-go. Story. Yeah, yeah, for Toy Story. At, at least to my knowledge, yeah. And then Sarah McLaughlin did that devastating song that still fucking kills me in yeah. Toy Story 2. Which um, is a- it when she loved me. Yeah. You know, which was like, it, it was like, seriously, I could make myself cry thinking about it right now. <laughs> like, in the, I said the words when she loved me, and like, I fe- I saw my face get red on the camera. Because <laughs> like, it's such, it's the title itself is such a jab to the gut. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, the title conveys perfectly like, oh, you're going to cry. Yeah, you're going to fucking cry during this stupid (laughs) fucking song and forever afterwards. And you know what? I'm not sorry. No, you know, I was a horse girl, too. I was going to say, you had to go back to the horse girl stuff. (laughs) I was a horse girl. It it absolutely devastated me. There's some movies from my childhood that made me cry so hard and I still can't watch them like. But Taylor brought up, like, he was like, oh, we were, like, watching something during work. You are crying. You're crying right I'm now. I'm crying right now. I'm literally <laughs> crying. I'm getting over it. It's fine. I have, you know, I have a lot of feelings, all right? And so um, there was one. It was, uh, he was like, oh, Spirit, we could watch that. I'm like, no. No, Taylor. <laughs> like, Taylor, don't sorry, do it. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, babe. We can't watch Spirit. And he's I like, I remember Why? leaving a theater with you as, as children. <sighs> I was inconsolable. My you parents were. thought there was something wrong with me, like <laughs> mentally. Did you they see there like, was a new spirit coming out? Sad. No, no. But yep. I told him about spirit and how I, I can't, I can't watch it. You know, <laughs> I am crying. It's fine. Ugh. Our musical guest this week is one Drew Hirsch. I'm going to leave you a link tree in the description where you can go and download this brand new single called Home Again that you are about to hear. Drew sent me a copy with all the information about himself, about Home Again, the song you're about to hear. But the most important part of this entire document, I think, encapsulates the song the best. Home Again is designed to make you feel something. And feel something you will Thank you, Drew, for sending in this song. Please enjoy Home Again by Drew Hirsch. Can't help but think of when Heather dropped in for the week. And all I could see was who I wanted to be. Drove through the night, dried the eyes in the back of my head World turns to red Could have been me instead World turns to red, could have been me instead Should have sped till the story was dead Easy to see through a tree when the oxygen's poison Let all your poison Cancel my breathing mm-hmm. Starting to see you and me is not the obvious choice Amidst all the noise Please spare me my voice Never a matter of when, when the guard 
That scene, horribly heartbreaking. Great scene for a oh, film. It was it was one of the early like real gut punches that Pixar did. I feel like they they that was the sort of uh, the genesis of that 
that well they've been doing it since toy story because that was literally buzz had that same exact scene this was i remember having this issue and we can talk about it more if we get into this project that toy that story 2 about. had like a girl version of that or something not not necessarily kind of but i remember thinking that toy story 2 had horrible sequel syndrome with toy story 1 uh, which makes yeah. sense but it was i remember literally... seeing it in theaters as a child literally five yeah. times we saw it literally five times we must have been really terrible at that point in our lives. Yeah. Our parents <laughs> was just like, get them into the, th- have them, the have them movies. sit and look Take at a giant screen for an hour and a half, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when we watched it again, back like six, seven years ago, I remember watching Toy Story 1, then A Bug's Life, then A Toy Story 2, and watching them that close, you kind of see how the plot beats of 1 and 2 are just so extremely close to one another. Like, they very much hit the same exact beats. Just everything in Toy Story 2 is just kind of buffed up a notch. Well, I also don't see why Toy Story, for some reason, like, in our collective memory, has has been exempt from this sequel's not better than the original thing. Like, we always believe that the sequels of all the Toy Story movies are somehow better than the original. Um... And I think, like, at a certain, to a certain extent, I mean, like, I feel like you can't ever, you can't ever top the original normally, but I think we've seen this in film a lot where we have a trilogy and it's, like, really great first or, like, good first, garbage second, (laughs) amazing third. At at the very best, the second film usually gets, like, it was fine, but, you know. But, I mean, if you think about, especially, like. Disney's newer acquisitions, aka the Marvel franchise or yeah. Star Wars, you know, and you think about, let's talk about Thor, right? Thor was not a good movie. Thor no. 2, I can't, uh, worse. Uh, Un Mundo Oscuro is the one I have because oh I have a Spanish pirated uh, version it was, of it. It was a Thor of the Dark World, yeah. Um, terrible like really yeah, bad widely and accepted then, as a largely worse film than the first and then came back for thor ragnarok and it was amazing because one of the, the best one, if not the best marvel yeah, marvel thor. movie and i think we had oh excuse me i don't know what the fuck just happened hello <laughs> hello it was really weird it was like a, a thing contrary to physics that just happened in this room. That was, it was the not ghost okay. of Stanley who really loved those Thor of, films. Really loved yeah. those Kenneth Branagh Thor films. <laughs> well, the Kenneth Branagh. So the Kenneth Branagh first one. I don't know if he did the second one, but the first one he definitely I, I am, did. I am like a complete. I I'm a shill for the for like the Marvel films. I love the MCU, full like whole cloth, but. I literally have never seen Thor 2. I've seen, I think, yeah. everything else. But so Thor I 2, have. I just have not bothered to watch because I've only heard bad things. And it, from what I understand, it has not had any bearing on anything else that's happened no, in any of the like, movies. So. But, like, you think about other things as well, right? So, like, Kenneth Branagh did the Thor, and it was campy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, like, almost there. And I really do feel like Ta- Taika Waititi did see the camp. And see, that yeah. was sort of where the strength in Thor lay. But the thing is, Marvel does this thing where it tries, it wants to homogenize and 
So they're just now kind of getting out of it with certain, you know, we had WandaVision and we had Thor Ragnarok and we had Black Panther where they were sort of able to break out a little bit. But that first Thor kind of wanted to do that too. And they Mm -hmm. were given that that option. And so they had a little bit of camp, but not enough. And so you're like, is this on purpose or is it just really corny? You know, like, I don't really know where to go with this. And then Taika Waititi was like, okay, I'm going to take the camp and I'm going to turn it up to 11. Because it turns out I talked to Chris Helmsworth for two fucking seconds and found out that he's actually hilarious. He's just funny. Yeah. He's just funny. And so that was sort of like, you know, seeing your your actors and whatever and then fighting with Marvel Studios, which wants everything to be gray and serious and boring yeah it's like not everything can be agents of shield guys um but <laughs> Yo, you know, oh, then, how much agents of shield did you watch because they it got like two pretty seconds. wild okay and, yeah all right because <laughs> no one was watching so they could do whatever anyways Samantha and i watched all of it and oh it was great God. we were well, there there were i can't deal with the writing back. i don't think there's i don't think there is it's kind of despite the writing, honestly. Yeah, but because the, the writing sounds like a computer made it. Like, the performances, the acting performances in that show throughout the throughout the seasons, absolutely to die for. That's so funny. There were some some performers in there, some actors in there, specifically uh, Fitz and Simmons. Both of them throughout the years showed their immense acting chops hats yeah. off to both of them they're okay. they're incredible actors and all right i mean i liked them they were cute and but, they got the space um, to show it off in that in that show so that's cute yeah that's a little cute little success story but no i'm thinking about like other trilogies that like follow this pattern i mean iron man definitely followed that pattern i don't think uh, no incre- i disagree with that one well, specifically third, at least the third iron man you didn't like i don't think anybody liked it i i I think it was. I generally... just rewatched it. It was really good. Really? Yeah. To be honest, I think I watched it in theaters, and I don't think I've seen anything else. First one is excellent. Also, happens yeah. to be the last one that was that was produced on film, and it shows. Really? Yeah. They so haven't Marvel done any does... of the rest of them on film. No, Marvel decided to standardize everything to digital, and and they wanted to use a very right. sa- samey color palette so that everything would match. Yeah. Marvel. Uh, sorry. Um. Iron Man, the first one, was the last one that was shot on film yeah. instead of in digital and also has a richer color palette. Everything looks gray and shit. Like, if you rewatch Civil War, <laughs> you're like, if you rewatch Civil War, you're like, why did this take place in an airport parking lot? Like, <laughs> you know, in this beautiful Earth and planet that we have, why did you showcase a parking lot, or for the last two movies, uh, you know the the event, the last two Avengers movies, just a big field. <laughs> <laughs> I don't under, you know what I mean. It's just like, where are we right now? We're just in a big rocky place that's very gray. I Look, do. Do want... you remember this guy? <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, I, do I don't want, remember. I that want guy. an opportunity to. I think Are We Friends is a better space for it, and I've expressed this to them uh, through their channel on our Discord. Which, if you're not a part of, uh, get I'll put our link tree in the description of this episode. There's a link to our Discord. Join our Discord. It's very fun. But I've told them that I would like to get on an MCU episode, specifically just to detail why Endgame is not an Avengers film. Instead, it is actually Ant-Man 3 colon Time Heist. Colon because, garbage. Because it, it all the plot points are there. But anyway, we Disney picks our films. Yeah. So I think we can solidify this pretty easily. I think we just can conglomerate plot and script into writing. Soundtrack, 
you think is important enough and I, I feel I think very I strongly about soundtrack yeah great all I remember for soundtrack by the way is I was still working at the movie theater when and this is gonna age me a lot I was working at the movie theater when Brave was in theaters yeah and I will um, have to watch Brave I, for the first time I just remember um the the end of the uh title sequence not title sequence the the other one the one at the end credits <laughs> the end of the credits thank you oh my god my brain uh, I wonder if these massive martinis have anything to do with that. <laughs> but yeah, the end of the credits just goes into like a more repetitive like recap of the the background music that happened in the movie, which is very common. Mm-hmm. You know, they have like the one song that plays when the first credits play and then they're like, oh, you're still here, I guess. You know, so I would go <laughs> yeah, in and start yeah. cleaning the theater. And I just remember the, the the end of the credits for Brave nonstop because it was just bagpipes going. It's like get the fuck out of the theater. This is just like bagpipes trying to force people to get out of the seat. It was just like very frantic Celtic sounding music. It was very strange. So good. Mm-hmm. So, writing, visuals, soundtrack, feels and ha Performance by John Ratzenberger. I still... <laughs> does it have a Ratzenberger in it? If not, it's not a Pixar film, so don't worry about that. Yeah. I think I think feels and ha-ha both maybe re- need to be reworded, but I think are both five-point-worthy things. I think there yeah. has to be a good amount of comedy, and I think there has to be a classic Disney-Pixar scene that will make you cry so I it has become an that, absolute willing, pillar of the of that's the their thing specific has. genre and that's i think it deserves a full five points in that it has but i also think that holds them back really i do because not that i'm gonna discount them for for saying okay like we're in a disney pixar film we have to make children cry now <laughs> um you know, because I feel like they do feel obligated to do that at this point. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like as a like as a movie studio, they shouldn't do that. Y- you understand what I'm saying? Where sure. you shouldn't rely on that. I think if your script has it, it has it, and it's good. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, and it could still be just as good. You don't have to make a career on making children cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or making the rest of us cry. So, I mean, I do feel like Pixar films have uh, created this nostalgia, but sometimes I feel like it's unearned in their movies where they say, okay, we have to make someone cry now. And it's not earned and it's not a necessary part of the plot. So I feel like in the feels, mm-hmm. if we can look at that, at that through the lens of earned or unearned, because sure. even yeah. even in Up, I feel like it's not, and we talked about this on one of our other episodes recently, is that it's not earned. It's literally at the op- It's the opening of yeah. The film. It's the opening scene, and it's not earned at all. And they're just like, let's go, let's kill a woman. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's very much like, let's kill a woman. It's not a mom, so I yeah. mean they get that because in in. Finding Nemo, which is an excellent film, but and I'm calling it a film. 
because <laughs> it's good. But, you know, it is like, okay, well, this kid's got to be an orphan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's got no brothers and sisters. He's got a fucked up fin. He's got no mom. Roll credits, you know? Do we tack something onto the end that's like a certain amount of points that they can lose for... Uh, a stereotype like, stereotypes maybe like cheap shots emotionally like something along those lines like something like that like like maybe like wokeness points that they can lose towards yeah. the overall total well i feel that, like that yeah you have sort that of like abstract i do feel like like a wokeness points or something which is like kind of a shitty way to put it, but it needs but, a better phrase but that's just yeah. what came to but mind. i feel yeah. like also we had those moments in both finding dory and inside out where they were like oh there's gonna be a gay character and then it was like a literal background person yeah like background couple that might have just been two friends on a walk you know what i mean <laughs> like totally toothless yeah attempts at like shouting out inclusivity and then you know it just didn't happen do so is it is it wrong to have a writing category as well as the feels and hahas category no i think that's do fine do we do we maybe I'm like having second guesses, second. I feel uh, like there's a difference between now. the way something is put together and the way the the dialogue flows versus literally those moments where I laughed and those moments Emotional where I cried. Evo- yeah. Evocation. Do we do we think that they should be their own categories, hahas and feels? Yes. Or do we think they should be one sort of emotionally evocation category no i think they should be two still um personally speaking and then also yeah just to get back on like the wokeness i mean i definitely want something in that area and like in that ballpark but i'm not sure we've hit it yet um and i'd love to workshop it a little bit more sure in that like yeah, just earned and unearned things, right? And it's like, okay, are you doing something because it makes sense? Or are you doing it to sort of appease some group of people? And mm-hmm. and are you doing it well if you decided to do it, right? Like, did you decide to include, you know, like a gay couple in this because, like, why did you do it and... Like, is it because this is a part of your, you know, I'm finding Dory. It's just like two ladies at an aquarium. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, what was your intention here? And why did it get executed the way it was done? You know, so. It's the same same exact. It's a classic. It's it's become a Disney move at this point. This will, if this becomes a series, by the way, that this is kind of what we're leading up to is that we, we might do a series on, on this specifically where we do like a 15 to 20 minute episode detailing our ranking for each film and it would all be behind a patreon uh uh thing so look out look out for this in the future it might be like a side project that emily and i do but we are just to say we are we're not pro disney (laughs) i I would say i'm actively anti-disney we're very emily is actively anti-disney i am actively critical of disney and everything they do i think most people would consider me anti-disney but i don't really feel that way but anyway let's paint that this whole conversation with that brush but it's it's become a classic disney thing at this point because they did the same thing in endgame where they had i think anthony russo in like the opening scene at a uh 
like a, a support group for people who had lost somebody in the snap. Mm-hmm. And he he it's just a guy talking about his husband and that's it. Like it, it's not like we get a gay superhero. It's like no. that's what you get. You and get it's some also, guy and in then, a support. And then group. we also had that that really horrible girl power scene. Mm. And it was just like why are you doing look we have girls and it's like what are you doing look at this? all these women yeah look at all these women and they're all together doing it one too. of them it just was we so... literally gave superpowers this movie yeah <laughs> and didn't and spent like two seconds on it. her she got yeah, like two seconds classic. of screen time and she got her superpowers today <laughs> which one was that rescue that's uh that's uh pepper potts Pepper Potts gets her suit in this film. Like, we yeah. never see it before. We hardly see her through the film. We could have hours, whole conversation several about hours long conversations about all of this. Especially since this is like a Disney Pixar episode, and we're just like hard. Because that's. Yeah. Anyways. I love them. I would I'd love to talk about the Marvel films endlessly. What, what this led me to, though, John, is yes. as opposed to making a category for you know f- wokeness whatever yeah. i think we could we just reserve the right to take away points a point yes for yeah. something that bothered us i think so, maybe we just we just allow ourselves like carte blanche like take away as many points as you feel like rank the 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 movie out as you usually would and then at the end just say like look i originally i was like maybe we set aside five point five potential points to lose mm-hmm. But maybe we just leave that open-ended. Just yeah, say maybe. as many points as we uh, unanimously agree should be taken yeah, like, away for whatever reason. Like minus a point for, you know, a joke that isn't acceptable anymore. Or, yeah, sure. you know, like minus a point for a stereo- a negative stereotype of any kind. Minus a point yeah. for, um, you know, for a gay baiting moment, a queer baiting moment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I feel like there's something to be said for that, but I don't want to take like give us ultimate power to be like, oh, this movie's this movie's doing really well, even though it had a moment where it queer baited. So let's take away all the points just in case, you know, just so it doesn't match up. But also, sure. like, why shouldn't we do that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. This is considering we are we are both like white people. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is this is going to take a a lot more like research and consideration, which I'm honestly excited to do. So yeah. That's great. We need to get out of here. <laughs> okay. We need to so, end this episode. <laughs> okay. I think we have our system. I think we're down to five points. I think we're good with all of our categories. Down to five points. Except- our cate- I think we've just eliminated one category. So now we And it'll given be- ourselves the power to take away for legitimate reasons why yeah. it would not have been so great. Just like, not like I didn't like it, but being like, this is a joke that's not acceptable. This is a negative stereotype. This is, you know, or something else like that. Yeah. Up killed a woman. And used that as the motivation for its whole. That was the only thing that, that was made the, impetus for the, the story. old man interesting or deep was because yeah. they yeah. killed a woman right away who was related to him, and that's that is a crazy trope that is that is used and abused throughout media, and we don't need it. And you yeah. you lose a point, you probably lose several points for that up because it's not necessary, and you could have. You could have gotten our attention any other way. And that's you chose to kill a woman and we don't need Batman again. You know what I mean? So yep. final writing, visual soundtrack feels ha-has and acting. Do we want to keep acting performance in there? I, I think yes. Yes. 
Okay, cool. So that's six categories, all with five. So that's a total of 30 potential points. We will... We'll revisit this hopefully soon. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited to too. Potentially now that we went project. over it again, yeah. I I'm I'm really stoked. I remember like when we were doing it, it was the most fun thing in my life at that point. <laughs> like <laughs> I just want to do this. We are in no way movie critics, but f- who cares? I this is something. That I, I have a lot of feelings and opinions yeah. clearly because I've stated a lot of unpopular opinions in this episode, and I've also cried during this episode. So <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Stick with me, kids, because it's and we, gonna be and we have a, a podcast. We have podcasting equipment, so we have the right <laughs> to publish yeah. whatever we want. We can do what we want. This <laughs> microphone cost my boyfriend probably a hundred dollars, and you know. <laughs> All right. I would like to thank Ethan Gustafson for the use of his music as our intro and outro theme. You can find more work from Ethan at somepointsound.com. Also, they have a Twitch channel that they've been doing. Uh, that they've been doing a lot of streams on. It's twitch.tv slash sound. They are currently going through and streaming um, them playing... It, it, Some Point Sound is, is two guys. It's Ethan, who has done a ton of amazing work for us and the other outlaws. Uh, and then our good friend Drummond. And Drummond has been playing through a game called Kanga that they are doing the original soundtrack for. That, like, the video game is, like, out and playable. It's... It's very, very cool, and I really would love it if you guys could go stop by their Twitch channel and give them a follow. Maybe subscribe if you've got if you've got the cash. They've they've done incredible work. I mean, you've if you're listening to us, you've seen some some other incredible work. But yeah, it's really, really cool to see a video game come to fruition that they have worked on. It's it's very cool, and I'm very proud of them. So give them a follow. Thank you so much, Natalie Spitzel, for the use of her cover art. If you'd like to see more from Natalie, you can go to her website at NMS underscore creative or go to her website, NatalieSpitzel.com. Outlaws and Old Ones. It's a Twitch stream. It's a podcast. Go to twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network. Um, we've talked about that before. A lot of good streaming happening. We might start streaming downtime episode or downtime recording episodes. We might work that into like the weekly Twitch schedule as well as Outlaws and Old Ones. So if you're if you're on Twitch, if you might want to be on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash the Outlaws Network. Give us a follow. Outlaws and Old Ones, our recording sessions for Outlaws and Old Ones. It's our, our fully improvised TTRPG, Call of Cthulhu, actual play, stream. Those go live Thursday nights, Eastern time, 7 p.m. So put that on your calendar. It's so, so much fun. And we would love to have as many people in chat as we can because it is fully improvised, including our Keeper. So obviously, like, all TTRPGs are improvised for the most part. But the Keeper is, like, has deep notes. That is not the case here. Jorge has no notes. He is he is on, on the fly as much as we are. So he needs to lean on the chat every once in a while. It's a collective world building exercise between the keeper, us, and you. So please, please give us a follow and please join us in chat on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time for Outlaws and Old Ones. And give the podcast a follow. I said I was going to link the link tree in the description of this episode. Go to that. You'll find two different places where you can subscribe to our podcast. So give it a listen. Taylor of Are We Friends and Who Plays Conrad Hardy on Outlaws and Old Ones. He has done an absolutely amazing job of editing this podcast, uh, Outlaws and Old Ones, editing our Twitch streams down to just like the gameplay and the funny stuff and the roleplay. It has bumped up the production quality of the entire 
of the entire network by like tenfold. It, it it's the work is so incredibly well done, and it really it does a perfect job of showcasing everything that needs to be showcased, uh, as well as uh, just a mountain of new music from Some Point Sound. So please give that podcast a follow and listen to it. Let let us know what you think. Give us a, a review. Um, yeah, please, please, please listen. It's so good. I I've I've been listening to it like just enjoying it from a third third person perspective it's i think it's really incredible as an audience member so let us know what you think yeah definitely i can i can second that um i have been watching i've been listening to it and i had not been watching it and so my character comes in extremely occasionally and it's really funny to see where you guys go and and when i'm not around which is often so (laughs) uh it's very fun to to see that and to listen to it and also to to have this great example of of some brilliant editing work done by done by Taylor, so it's yeah. really it's really lovely, really great. There's uh, sound effects. It's done in, the, in in old school radio drama style, so a lot of effort and a lot of post production goes into it. Uh, I think it's it's about I think right now it's about six hours of work per episode. Jeez. Um, so it's a lot. Yeah, we're gonna, Um, we're gonna work out a a place to give donations also. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We need to, we need to start paying people. (laughs) But I would like to direct your attention to your, uh, maybe cellular device, maybe not, and invite you to go to homesteadhemp1787.com or go at homesteadhemp1787 on Instagram and on TikTok. Definitely go ahead and follow that account and make sure if you choose to purchase any of their amazing hemp products from homesteadhemp1787.com that you're inputting the code downtime for an additional 20% off your order. That is something that is offered exclusively to downtime listeners and you would be a fool not to take advantage of it. It's wonderful stuff. It's a great product. Iris was on her Instagram, the Homestead uh, Homestead Hemp 1787 Instagram today, uh, plowing some new fields for the hemp, checking out her soil. That soil looks good, y'all. As an amateur gardener myself, I would kill for that soil. So definitely get some of their products. You know it's coming from a good place. Uh, Really amazing stuff. And hats off to Iris. And she's an amazing supporter of the show. And is offering us this amazing discount. So definitely take advantage of it for some great CBD products. HomesteadHemp1787.com. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Emily Downey. I'm John Downey. Overplayed, uh, you know, killing off ladies uh, tropes. I will fight you. Keep that button hot. <laughs> <laughs>